Hi, in this episode of Ivy Matters, we return to talk to Novadine Miller from Southern France. Novadine was a recent guest talking about the MYP Individuals and Societies course. The feedback was so great, I just had to have her back. This time we focus on the MYP design course and how it fits beautifully into the development of young people in the middle years. Please stay with us for this informative conversation. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Hi, folks. Welcome back to IB Matters. And I'm here with uh, Novadine Miller. And, and this is should be very familiar to you if you've been listening to the podcast, because just a couple episodes ago, we talked to her about her great work with uh, doing individuals and societies in the MYP. Well, it turns out she's got more than one talent, and and she also <laughs> teaches design. And uh, I love I love the whole idea of the way design is integrated into the middle years program. And and because uh, she was so great at talking about individuals and societies, we're going to use that as kind of a launching pad to talk about design. So we'll do an introduction here, Nova Dean. Welcome back. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah. And <laughs> Enjoyed so for it those, the last time. You bet. So did I. And so uh, for those that d- didn't hear the previous uh, episode, why don't you remind people uh, uh, kind of what's your educational background, because you have a unique background, and then a little bit of maybe about your school and what you do there. Sure. So I'm nobody Miller, as you said. Um, I studied here in France for my PhD. So I came here to do a PhD in geography. And I was able to enjoy the whole aspect of studying in an international context as I was able to study in here in France and also defend in the presence of the University of Cambridge. So I got introduced to the whole idea of studying in an international context and for different international programs. Um, I also work in terms of consultancy and projects in relation to sustainable development, as that's my area of specialty. So my research, in short, to keep it simple, I focus on areas such as forest space, and I look at sustainable development in terms of water policies and the local population. And in terms of design, um, in geography, we have to design maps. We have to represent the space. Mm-hmm. So I got really interested in using software like Adobe Illustrator, et cetera, to re- represent the space in terms of what we want for solutions. So mm-hmm. to see the link with design, we can see it there. I work in a school in the south of France, um, near, you may recognize the town Montpellier. So it's mm-hmm. located, it's called École Privé Belong International. So I repeat that since yeah. it's in French. It's École Privé Belang Internationale. Um, we have been doing the MYP program. We were recently accredited this year. So I'm really happy about that. We started first with DP. Um, so did, I congratulate the teachers who did that. Yeah. And then I teach the IB MYP program. So we just went through the accreditation process. And I'd like to take this podcast from that angle, yeah. the angle of, going through the accreditation process, sorry, and um, how to navigate that in terms of design, which you can apply to different areas. Mm -hmm. And just using that as a launching pad for those who are at the beginning of that phase, which can be the most difficult. 
Yeah, I think that's a creative way to approach this because that's one of the neat things about the design uh, course is that it teaches a kind of a way of approaching design of tasks as well as uh, spaces. Yeah. And and so the whole concept of design, is a, it's a very broad definition of the word design. Very true. And there are two types of design. I like to specify that you have design product conception and you have the design numeric. I teach design product conception. That's more linked to my area mm-hmm. of specialty. And that's a very true thing in terms of how you approach space, how you approach different elements of products or items or even just ideas, creativity. Yeah. So that's a very good point. Yeah. 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 No, that's there. That'll be interesting, I think, to hear more about it. And so, again, for our, uh, the listeners that aren't as familiar with the Middle Years program, design is actually one of the required components of the you know the eight subject areas. And uh, some schools have been creative about how they've integrated design into other courses. But I'm seeing personally more and more schools setting out a, des- a designated course uh, that the students Definitely. must take. And especially in the early parts of the Middle Years program, I think it's required for for grades six through eight and then nine, 10, yes. it wouldn't necessarily be required, uh, but it's encouraged to be included in uh, even for ninth and 10th grade students. Uh, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about how you do it in your school because it's different for everybody. Sure. So in my school, we have designed from MYP one to three and I verified with the coordinator um, what influenced this approach. And we discussed that Um, Doing it from NYP 1 to 3 allows you also to have other options in 4 and 5. So in our case, they're able to do, we integrate TOK from NYP 4 and 5. Oh, really? So we have design from NYP 1, 2, 3. They have design product conception and design numeric. And they also have the option in 4 and 5 to do other elements like TOK. Because, you know, IB NYP is also fundamental for the transition to DP. Yes. So it allows them to be introduced from NYP 4 and 5. And also next year, we're going to be integrating orientation, which is something I discussed with my coordinator about. It's an area that I'm interested in. And we see a definite need in, and I'm happy to see that that's going to be included. So really, that's also something for those who are starting with NYP to know that and also, um, just for those who are going through the phase to know that that's something IB is really including in their elements now in terms of having a phased approach. So rather than feel like you have all these different elements that you're packing in this short amount of time, the IB is actually including this now in terms of having a phased approach, um, adapting the accreditation to the approach where you are as a school. Mm. And that's what I found really, really good with design in terms of doing it from one, two, three, seeing how they go through the vertical and horizontal ver- um, learning, sorry, which is an in- incredible part of IB as well, mm-hmm. and the differentiation techniques, et cetera. Yeah, so they're really walking the walk. I mean, it, it, when, you, when you ask the students to do something, it's also important to kind of see that that's part of the DNA of the program and how you develop your own program from scratch is to include yeah. the concepts that, they're, that you're, in, in, you're going to be teaching the students. And I just want to say that, you know, one of the things that yeah. some of the feedback we got about our last visit, you and my, your, yours and my visit a couple episodes okay. ago, was some of the feedback was just how, how clever and interesting you personally and your school setup uh, was. And wow. I think uh, what I'm hearing you say again is that, you know, I've, I've 
talked to a lot of schools and and mm-hmm. visited a lot of schools and so on. And I don't I don't think I've seen uh, the approach that you're talking about. So I, I, I hopefully okay. the listeners will pick up on that too because uh, you know for example just like you said uh, incorporating some TOK. Uh, into ninth and tenth grade MYP because yeah. you know I was a TOK teacher and I had I spent a lot of my first you know sessions okay. uh, just introducing the ideas that are included in TOK and what a perfect way for transition for the students and also for you as a DP school yeah. to transition the MYP good. into it because you know what yes. they need yeah into very different good different areas yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, again, I'm I mean, it, it also linked to the context of Europe. Yeah, and the way, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Context of Europe and the way we approach, you know, with different learning contexts as well. There, these are students who some of them have been to the French system, and then they switch to an international system. So, and they appreciate doing the aspects of art. They definitely appreciate that. Yeah. And even in terms of IB approaches, I asked a group that I had today. You know, why they enjoy doing IB and design and this is actually their words they said they get to reflect and have different ideas in terms of different people can think differently and they have their own thought process mm-hmm. um, and they think that this prepares them for the future so the fact that in topics like design you get to go at your own pace which is mm-hmm. also part of IB in terms of differentiation techniques mm-hmm. and having your own sketches at your own rhythm and given the plan, they enjoy that. They mm-hmm. enjoy appropriating that in the, yeah. the design cycle. Yeah. Right. And I think in design, it's it's one of the most direct ways to see student agency at work. The idea that their Definitely. own their own ideas are being uh, given um, uh, some support, and and people, and young people, know that if they come up with an idea, it's not going to be shot down right away. You know, they're going to be Definitely. able to. You know, they get to shoot it down themselves. You know, oftentimes, exactly. <laughs> so the whole idea, that they so realize, true. well, that's not going to work, and then, but it's not their teacher or necessarily their their uh, other you know students that are telling them that. It's them kind of looking at it and and in the process of evaluating their work, they go, you know. Let me try that again. They'll do that a little different. Yes, and I'm going to come back to that later when we yeah. talk about criteria D. Yeah. That's an element that I think is very fundamental. So I'll come back to that when you look at the section when we talk about criteria. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could talk about that right now, or do you want to talk about something else about it first? No, you can go. That's no problem. Yeah, so, I, you know, well, in design, we have, yeah. we, have a, we have a cycle that we go through. Yeah. And I want to point out to the listeners that Ivy has created a document in terms of dealing with this COVID pandemic because we have a design cycle with lo- which logically you go from A, B, C, D. But mm-hmm. with the pandemic, they have set in this document um, that we can go, for example, from D to A to B to C. So, for instance, you can do evaluation by looking at a product that has already been made if you're in a remote learning context. Yes. So that's really important. I really suggest to the listeners that you go and just check out those documents. So. We have a design cycle um, that we go through. Um, You know, we have our design challenge. So if we take the case of we have criteria A, B, C, D for all those who are familiar with MYP. Um, We have inquiring and analyzing, sorry, developing ideas, creating solutions and evaluating. And I'm I'm going to take this from the perspective of I'm sure many of you, you know, your design techniques, you know, your design jargon. But applying the techniques that we use in design feel from a practical process of 
products being created to your NYP program. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take it from that angle. Yes. So if we take the case of criteria A, where you're doing inquiring, inquiring and analyzing, that's criteria A. Um, often the students, you know, we see these words. I remember at the beginning, you're like, what does that mean for a yeah. middle year program? So for instance, I like to use a technique where, I mean, this involves primary research, secondary research. That's the best part of design, looking at what is around you, looking at what you go through on a daily process. So just to make this practical, we had a theme called wholesome innovation and a criteria A, inquiring and analyzing. They had to do, for example, just tracing what they did in their morning ritual from waking up to coming to school. And then we looked at what are the problems you encounter in this morning experience? So primary research in terms of criteria A, inquiring and analyzing. And then I said, okay, what in this morning ritual do you want to solve? And I was amazed. For instance, we had a project that came out of um, making a cat house where for them, an important problem was feeding the animals and reaching mm-hmm. school in time. Yeah. So um, I wasn't thinking about that in the morning. And we created a cat house with like different levels. The cat has different backgrounds. So you have mm-hmm. like symbols to do with the night, the day. He has different levels. It's her, she has different levels. They can jump up and can jump down. We have different colors for the cat. He can pull it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, we have the logo and everything. And teachers were saying, okay, how much are you going to sell this for? We're like, oh, <laughs> we should probably think about it. So that came from a simple exercise of um, doing our research, which is part of criteria A. Um, you have techniques in design such as deconstruction and um, creating analogies, sorry. Um, for example, my favorite sport is swimming. If you look mm-hmm. at a simple thing of how a swimsuit is made, made up from looking at how the skin of a dolphin so products that you're interested in what is happening around you what can you be inspired by linked to what it is you're producing so make it practical make it real Mm -hmm. um we have another criteria that i think would be challenging is criteria b with developing ideas so even the whole idea of i to pick to make a practical link you can link that with for example sketches uh, we, we're in a time where everybody wants to do things on the computer, which is good. I also encourage them to do their hand-drawn sketches, you know, working on the shades, working on the angles, including elements, of course, of IB international mindedness. For example, the logo. I had a group telling me today, wow, you know, we spent a lot of time on that logo, but we were happy with the results, including their international mindedness. So like their origin, a simple thing as the way you write in different in different um, countries of origin. Like this week, we had a group which was one person Chinese, one person Russian. And I asked them to write down what it is, the word is linked to the product in their language. And when we put all of that together with the different colors, the different sketches, the different shades, the different angles, you have your criteria B. So just making it practical as you go through the cycle. Practical and a phase that you can understand. We have criteria C, which has to do with creating solutions. This is very important when you're going to have your IB accreditation visits. Mm-hmm. They're going to be looking at not just being in front of the classroom, staying at the front and talking. But for instance, I remember when I had my visit, um, I work in student pods, as I said, the idea of working in teams. And they were working on their product. It's good to have, I think, for your IB visits, 
what you would have maybe at the end of one cycle of your program and what you're working through. So they're work, working on solutions with um, their sketches and what they want the product to look like in relation to the theme. And so I like to use criteria with the building of the models. And I really encourage those listening not to see it as a one finish thing, but the best part that I have enjoyed the most is the changes, the changes mm-hmm. we make from the beginning to the end, from working in the student pods, from having feedback. So that's really important. You know, just having something concrete that they can see that they can go through, you can do it in different ways in terms of how you create those solutions. And then we have criteria D, which has to do with evaluating. Um, In the previous podcast, I spoke about um, thinking pathways and getting students involved in feedback. If there's one thing I've seen that works, it's not just teacher to student feedback, but peer workshop learning. I spoke about that the last time where... Mm -hmm them getting into feedback from each other and documenting it. So I like to start with what I call a design challenge. And I set a framework and a template of what we're looking for in that design challenge. So you can look at um, what you want to accomplish, what is the effect level, what you want people to feel um, in relation to that, what is the problem you want to solve, how you want to adapt it, and then integrating that into the design cycle. So um, as I said, in terms of feedback, for me, the best thing I have experienced in teaching NYP is the pair-to-pair feedback. Mm-hmm. So we have the design challenge where they write down what it is they want to accomplish, not necessarily product. I, I don't start with a product. Um, I've learned that start with a problem, start with what it is you want to achieve. And if they say they already have a product, I say, well, we're not doing research, are we? Because you already have a solution, then right. let's think about it some more. So then we have, they have a handle where they have their design challenge and they actually switch. Um, they have a document and they switch this paper with each other and they write down the feedback about their design challenge before even making the product. Mm-hmm. And this has been phenomenal for me. I don't know about, about other persons. And like, I remember one was doing a product and they were saying, well, the logo is not clear enough or even for the cats at the beginning we going to do the cat house at one level and then by feedback they're saying well what about movement of the cats and um just thinking about other elements so feedback um in design we use a technique called a sofa session technique where um that's used by a lot of products like um, a lot of brands like philips so i really encourage um having that in terms of how you go through the different criteria work and your approach to teaching and one of the things I've found that, that works really well is vertical and horizontal learning. So I know for schools that, I mean, in IB, especially for the schools that are starting, often you may not be able to separate one class completely different from a second class if your groups are, you know, small. Yeah. I mean, don't intimidate it by that. Don't let that prevent you from offering a course. You can actually group them together, like having the one and the two, and you work on a project and you have the two who've done certain parts of the cycle and then they give feedback to one and you'd be amazed how they're like, oh, we can actually do that. So they get to see where the project is going mm-hmm. and give really good feedback to each other. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of just to summarize, so I would say using inquiry thinking pathway templates is important because yeah. in IB is based on inquiry-based learning. 
So you have your empathy maps, which are really, really good. Um, you have your, you know, your context mapping. You have social mapping. Social mapping is where you look at those people in your circle. So that's when I saw to them that animals are in their circle. So you have different circles and you have who you think is at the center and who who's less important going out. And for them, animals was in their circle. So we've actually created products linked to animals. Um, and I, I can give examples of that later. It sure. depends on what question you want to ask next. <laughs> yeah. So what you've been talking about, and as you said up top, you're going to, you, you want to think about this in, in the context of becoming an IB school and going through the accreditation process. You know, I was just thinking for myself, I've, I've was the coordinator for us for MYP when we did that one. And then also the DP when we did that one. And so, uh, you know, in each case, it seemed like one of the biggest parts of my job as a coordinator was that creating solutions because every system, yeah. every building, every school system, it has, um, its own unique way of already doing things. And so when you bring IB yeah. in, um, oftentimes they they run into each other. It might be your yeah. your number of periods in the day. It might be that you have a six period day and you've got to somehow get eight subjects in, or you yeah. have trimesters and it would work better with semesters, or maybe you have personnel who you just know aren't going to be as successful with something and you want to, you know, you need to kind of give them the best place where they can do their, their best work, but also still, you know, fit the criteria that you need to do for IB. So, you know, I love this. If, if you're a school leader listening, whether you're a coordinator or head of school or whatever role you have, uh, if you have some influence, this is, I, I really love the idea of using uh, the design cycle and design criteria just to take the whole staff through. I can imagine, you know, those early staff meetings. Um, I have a whole yeah. series of, I have a whole series of podcasts about becoming an IB school. And yeah. by the way, that school system has now uh, been authorized in two of the three and they'll be authorized oh, in, the third, in the third next year. Um, but, but what's interesting is just in each case, it's, you know, the principal comes in or they get a new principal or mm -hmm. they change things here and there. And it's always, you know, reacting to what the new roadblock is. And many times that's yeah. what, where the design cycle comes in and, and you have to readjust. And so again, I, I, I think that's a great idea to think about in those terms. And as you've been talking, I can imagine school leaders going, yeah, that's, that would be a great approach for us. And, you know, we're here in the, in our area, we're in summer break right now. And uh, mm -hmm. the school leaders are sitting in their offices with very quiet schools, mm -hmm. thinking about how they'll kick off next year already. And yeah. this would be, this would be a great way to think about it. And one thing I want to say in response to that too, because it is that that was a question that we all have. And I, I think especially in this era that we're living where education, the paradigm of education, the paradigm of teaching and preparing students for the future requires flexibility is you're not on your own in doing this. There, there are programs that I find very useful. For example, on edX, they have a design program offered by Delft that I found very useful that was free of cost at the time. You also have other platforms, like I did a program with University of Michigan that spoke about um, framing with education and they're just really good um, opportunities out there as well as teachers at different phases of teaching and different phases of the cycle that you can use and use to adapt what you're doing. So I completely agree with you. And that makes it interesting to also include the students in, in your in your thoughts, in your thought yeah. process. Because I mean, I think it's good sometimes, because that's one part of my, my unit plan. A, a part of the unit plan is 
what do you propose for next year students doing the same course? Is there something you would like us to do differently? And I think when you have a mutual respect with yourself and your students, you can learn a lot from that. For instance, last year group asked me to do something on technology. And I said, okay, I'll think about it. And I went and I looked up and I saw that, you know, it would be possible with the related context, um, the related con concepts and key concepts. So we did something with design, technology and communities and fairness and development. And we created a unit link to creating a product um, in relation to risk of, of the, the risk we have to deal with today in terms of the work world. And that led to two products which they presented last week. Okay. One was they created a shoe where the shoe can be used in different environments. Like if you're in a context where it's hot or you have to work long and they created the shoe. I mean, it, it can be pulled apart, the logo, the sole, the inside. The, they even thought of it having like a jeans um, outside. Um, another one, they created a bag. I was, I was so amazed. We did a bag where they did a bag, I'd say where the bag is, has like a solar panel element to it, and then it can charge with the phone. And then it has an outlet to deal with um, for your dispensation of the, the hydrogel. And then, you know, I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. And this, was, this came from a discussion, just, okay, what would you like us to do next in terms of unit and the themes and the areas we have covered? So I agree with you 100%. I think we're in a world where we have to be flexible and we have to be able to adapt and in the IB where the schools are private, you definitely have to be able to create students who can adapt to this, yeah. you know, feel of where we're in today. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, projects that students have have led the way on is a local school here in the Hopkins School District. Uh, they in their design class, one of the first things the students do after learning kind of the basics of the design cycle is they they create their own floor plan for the room. You yes, know, so they, exactly. They look, they look yeah, around definitely. and they they see all the furniture available, and they can ask about other furniture that they might be able to yes. get from 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 storage. And then they design the room, and then the kids have a contest. Yeah. They present their ideas, and then the Excellent. whole class votes. And then that's mm -hmm. what they're that's the design of the room for the rest of the semester. And wow, so, that's so awesome. They live with it. Yeah, and then, and they, yeah, and then yeah. they feel pride on that to say, yeah. "Hey, I was able to create something that." Yeah. Um, was you know to think of that example I think of another example now I was in class and a student said you know miss my he, her dad has a company and they designed a product and she took the logo because I like to emphasize logos and she she did her own color and her design and then yeah. the parents involved that in their own product and we're like yeah. wow see um, so that's true we can yeah. make it practical and yeah. I think it's also good pivoting on that point is to show them examples of companies who has done that yeah i think it's really important to keep it real as we say and so for instance we have a company that i did some consultancy for in jamaica um who works on a line with jewelry and um just art or creative stuff and we i invited the person to do um just show us videos of what they did so they showed us a video of making the logo, mm -hmm. the whole, you know, with the iron and putting the pattern. And they showed us the store that they have and showed us the front office of the store and different products. And they were like, wow. I said, yes, mm -hmm. all of that came from design. Yeah. So just seeing how you can take the practical of the reality and use 
still are. Yeah. So it's, it's phenomenal, I think. Well, the yeah. creative people have, you know, are, have such a big role in, in our, you know, our way of looking at things and logos, you know, you've been talking about logos and it's really quite yeah. a, quite an interesting area. It's so accessible to students when they kind of find out what the logo is intended to um, yeah. con convey. I mean, yeah. even, even folks listening to this, if you look at uh, our logo for IB matters, yeah. Um, the reason you know, I designed that from the basic idea, the IB logo has uh, the IB uh, continuum uh, logo has the four, yeah. the four colors of the, of the programs, okay. kind of a golden yellow and the red, the turquoise and the purple. And then I was on Canva, okay. which, you know, many listeners will know that's a, that's a, uh, a platform where you can yeah. design your own yeah. things. And so I found, I found that little yeah. globe, that little globe with a icon for where you are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I go, Oh, that would fit. Oh. So I scaled it down. Okay. I paid it. I paid a dollar <laughs> for that, wow. for that little globe uh, okay. piece of art and tagged it onto the end of the other four colors. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of compliments yeah. on that. And, and the whole idea, again, yeah. if you're in IB, you re recognize the colors. And, and uh, if you're familiar with uh, being evaluated in IB, one of the things that happens is that give you matters to be addressed if, you, if you're not doing yes. things well. And so that's why we're called IB Matters, because they are matters that we are addressing. Ah, <laughs> you know? So again, it's got, you know, the whole thing is about tying into that idea of design and trying to mm -hmm. build kind of a subliminal, if you will, uh, sensibility that, that IB yeah. comes with. Yeah. 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 Making it an extension of themselves, making mm -hmm. it an extension of what they create and how they create it. And one of the things I learned today in particular, um, one of the students said to me, um, cause I was, you know, I wanted to have their honest feedback in terms of IB design. And they were saying, one of the things they enjoy is that you give us the guide. You give them, give them, I give them the plan in terms of the framework of what we need to design, what's the cycle, what are the elements we need to go through in the cycle. And then they choose how they build it. So I'm there mm -hmm. to facilitate the process of what they want to build, what they choose to build in relation to a theme. And I think it's so important at this level, whether it's one, two, three, to allow with differentiation of the pace, allow with mistakes, allow with doing things over. And that sense of evolution you know, um, in terms of how you do something and what the result is. And also in terms of um, the scope, we're in a time where we're talking about equality, mm -hmm. um, you know, STEM projects. I know we are into sciences, so they have a lot of opportunity for STEM projects in terms of sciences, technology, engineering, mm -hmm. um, encouraging equality with girls, getting involved and exploring areas that they traditionally wouldn't look at because of certain themes. So, um, yeah, just how we explore that. So just looking at opportunities of, um, could I give an example of an interdisciplinary project? Maybe? Oh, definitely. Yeah, please. Is it too early to talk about that? No, anytime. No. Yeah. Okay. So for instance, we did an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary project where we had a link between design and sciences. And we were looking, as I said the last time, we were looking at the nervous system, but that was, that was a different one with globalization with INS. But we could also do it with design because um, we did it with special needs. So we inc incorporated the focus of science is looking at the nervous system and the focus of design in terms of function and agronomics. Mm -hmm. So looking at adaptation and function, because that's that's a key concept. Uh, you know, you have a key concept, a global concept. And adaptation and markets and trends is also important in it. 
And I remember it was just a phenomenal experience because like in sciences, we looked at the nervous system. We looked at how the brain works. And we even have, we looked at the students in our community who have special needs um, in our community itself. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then based on that, no, when they create products, they're thinking about special needs when they make something. So we did something with a tennis racket. They're thinking they, they created it to adapt it to kids with special needs. We did something with a hat as well, where you have a hat that could um, have a connection with the animal, their idea of what it would be. And, you know, but just the idea of integrating different elements. So you don't have to look at design just in your one element, like a box. Right. You can link it to what you're doing in the other, other areas. Yeah. Um, I'm in individual societies. We have a thing called minimum pollution. So I remember there's a student who did a kind of caravan. And then there are parts of the caravan that could spin and then the different power. Because um, in sciences, you look at solar power. In languages as well. In languages, I know they look at um, matters such as, um, I was speaking to languages, so they were looking at matters with like the carbon footprint, ecology. So um, in health, you have health as well. There's a part where you could do something with design and, um, you know, something with something with food and so don't um, keep yourself in a box mm-hmm. eh, in terms of how you look at design and the elements of what you do. There's so much to, and even texture, materials, you know, you don't have to go with it, just a box. But like with the logos for the MYP3s, I'm like, I don't want to say the word paper. Let me see some different textures now. So this year we try different textures like Velcro. And at the end, we were amazed at what they did. So again, being inspired by what is around you. Yeah. Um, I would like to say too, one of the things I learned from my accreditation visits is that Ivy likes to see you in the same room for your design uh, models where you can have like a display and you can store stuff. So if you're going to have an accreditation visit, try to think of that in terms of how you, not only how you present your class, but how you present the environment in which you work in. Right. That's yeah. very important and fundamental. Yeah, having having a space yeah. that encourages that design. I was I was just talking to a PYP teacher who was talking with the early years, okay. with the very young children, like the three to five year olds. Yeah. And, and just have, having a yeah. safe but but stimulating environment for them to kind of explore and try things out. And obviously yeah. design design's a great exactly. area for that. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, as while yeah, you're talking, yeah. you know, while you're talking, it reminded me of a question after our last visit, one of my, you know, we, you talked yeah. about students leading inquiry in individuals and societies yeah. and how it sometimes took you off in a new direction, unexpected direction. Yes. And I actually got a question from a listener who said that he, he asked me to ask okay. you, he asked me to ask you this, <laughs> which was yes. when that, when that happens, how do you, and he didn't mean so much control, but but how do you make sure that you you uh, get to the things that you feel the students you know your what were your goals when you set up a when you set up a a lesson plan and, and a, a yeah. uh, uh, you know a unit planner and so on you do have things you want to get to and when Definitely. students lead the inquiry sometimes it, I think this listener was talking about you know, does it lead you so far astray that you don't get to do the things you planned how do you veer back shall we say or Mm -hmm. set up a new uh, exercise to to be sure that you get something that you know is important for the students to uh i think that's an excellent question and i think that's an excellent question especially with inquiry um what i would say to that is 
when you have your, that's why it's important to have your thinking pathway templates. Okay. Because with your thinking pathway templates, you have variables that are important and variables that connect and and you also help them see the link of what is important or not important, how it links. So if I take the example of what I spoke about, where in that lesson I was focusing on natural hazards, right. and then it went to matters with children and going to UNICEF, mm-hmm. a variable there is um, security. A variable there is child safety. And um, you have your thinking pathway on your mind map And you link the variables and they themselves will see based on how you guide that activity, if it's going off or it's not going off and if it needs to come back together. Mm -hmm. So I remember, I can give an example. I was doing something in um, Universal Society since you asked about that topic and we were doing population and a student was going on into globalization, but he was going a bit out of context. So I said, um, what is the link with globalization in terms of population? Are you going to talk about the impact of globalization on the lifestyle and the quality of human development indexes? Can you explain? And then it's like, oh, okay. I say, okay, let's bring back population and you can take out a mind map or, or a, I think for that case, you could use a, a thinking pathway like Think Puzzle Explorer, where mm-hmm. you have think, you have puzzle, and you have what you explore. And then to bring it back as well, I usually couple that with a peer workshop learning session. So after you do your thinking, and even if you think it's going too far, after that, you have a student pod exercise where they give feedback to each other. And then giving that feedback feedback to each other, they will see what is going off track, what is on track, and where you need to come back to. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's really important to have your thinking pathway templates to have your variables, your mind maps, your um, your um, pair workshop learning exercises. And that's why you have a unit plan. With a unit mm-hmm. plan, you have your key concepts, your related concepts, your global concepts. And in your unit plan, in your reflection, you have your inquiry questions. So if you're going off track, you, you come back to your inquiry. And you know you have, I would suggest to him to look at don't just look at inquiry in general, but the different types of inquiry. Are you doing a structured inquiry? Are you doing a free inquiry? Free inquiry? And by virtue of how you set up your inquiry and how you evaluate with your criteria, you will come back on track. Because, I mean, you're going to assess all of this. All of this falls in terms of the criteria A, B, C, D. And when they're doing their assessment of their summative assessment, they will see and you will see if it's coming in or going out. So I think it's important to um, validate um, mm-hmm. how it goes out and ask them, are the variables linked or not? Mm-hmm. Have I answered your question? Oh, I think so. Yeah. And it's a very rich answer. <laughs> okay. I, you know, one of the, you know, what comes out of that to me and what I'm hearing you say is that it's, it isn't, you know, you don't just walk in the room and, 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 and shoot from the hip as we used to, as we say, yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah. actually, um, you're actually, you know, you've got a lot of options and there's some, there's some different pathways mm-hmm. you can take, but you have built in linkage to hook back to what yeah. your goals were. Yeah. yeah. You have variables that come yeah. back to that. And yeah. If they can, and I think it's what I also do with those variables, I can give an example of something that happened in NYP4 with INS. Is it okay if I give an example from yeah, INS? Yeah, yeah. To stick to no, for sure. Okay, so with INS, we were looking at, uh, we've been looking at superpowers 
And rather than doing one regional group, I divided the class into different regional groups. Some did the EU, some did ASEAN, some did SADC. And um, one of them were going, yeah, we were looking at superpowers and regionalism. And then in her study, she saw stuff of human trafficking. And then she was saying, is this relevant? I was like, do you think it's relevant? And I said, okay, show me the variables of what you're looking at. And then I was able to show her that human trafficking is linked to the whole idea of um, when we went back to the policies, it was looking at um, work, the workforce and what our workforce is made up of and the countries that were allowed to join the EU are not. And so from that, I said, okay, you can add this as what we call other variables for social cultural elements. So I said, okay, this goes on to social cultural elements or socioeconomic elements. And I, I asked her to turn it into an inquiry question. Mm-hmm. So I think, and, and if your class is not going off sometimes, it will ask a question. It, it's a part to see, well, are the students inquiring? If you're inquiring, you must have new elements that are coming up. If not, you're not really inquiring. So an IB is based on inquiry-based learning. So, I mean, when I think of what we build in our themes, um, as I said, the, the product with the shoe was not necessarily what I had in mind when I, my theme was design, um, technology, and communities. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's where they wanted to go with it. Um, we also did something on um, design, sports, and innovation. And I remember they wanted to create their idea of a court. And um, in the beginning, they were saying that when they watch sports, they wonder what happens to, to people who have, with people who have, like, they can't hear, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And a student was like, he wants to do, uh, the user concept of the Japanese waterfall. as like, Japanese waterfall with tennis court. And eventually it came out beautifully. They use it in terms of the opening and the closing of the court. Okay. So it is true that I really think it's how you navigate it. And again, that's part of the accreditation process. Um, you have to navigate this process in terms of, taking it at your step and your pace and adapting your situation to where you are. I'm in France where I have students from all over the world and there are certain, you know, principles and policies we have to follow and we have the ID structure. So Mm -hmm. definitely embrace it and at the same time navigate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how design has changed. Um, you you were a design teacher before and after you were in COVID restrictions and, or, or within them. Uh, what has what changed when you had to go online entirely? Because design you think of as a hands on activity. Yeah, well, that's a very good question because um, in France it was March, I believe, and we had time when the students are at home. We were doing remote learning. And we have a platform, Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. So what we had to change was the way how we um, dispatch the tasks. Because when you're in class, you can build together. And then, you know, yeah. COVID has a lot, but you have to be careful with the contact. So in terms of differentiation was very, very real in that time. Because an uh, important part of IB is um, being able to work with different levels of tech technique of skill sets without those who are not that strong in certain areas not being left behind 
especially in a case where I don't, I'm sure many teachers are in my case where you have students with special needs in the class. Mm -hmm. So you really, it's really important for them to not feel lost. So one of the things I want to say, it may seem very simple, but it's really good to make your own videos. I don't know if that seems too simple, Mm -hmm. but um, I find it very important. I make my own videos and explain the task itself. The students enjoy it because they get to see um, you're given a specific um, direction in terms of what you're designing and what element or what part you're involved in. Okay. And I also, it's important in IB, you know, we talk about the academic integrity policy where it's important for them to do stuff themselves. So I create different mini groups where for like criteria C, they show what it is they're doing in terms of building. And then the other group members can keep track in their group of what's building and see who is doing what for everything to come together. So a simple thing is how you work. So rather than before where everybody coming and building stuff, you the product can have different phases of complementing the strength of each person. So I remember we have a group where we were doing something with a glove um, and they did it in part. So one person would order certain parts and then they would build it and then it goes to the other person. Or for instance, for example, with the caravan, I think that's a better example mm-hmm. where um, at the beginning we had an issue with size where one were doing was doing it bigger than the other one and the components couldn't fit together. I think okay. that's normal. Yeah. So we have documenting the process of what you're building or what you're going through and creating subgroups for them to work online in that little group rather than everybody seeing seen it. And then they create it in part and then it comes together. That was something that was big for me. Maybe it's a bit simple for others, but for mm-hmm. me, that was big. Well, creating creating standards, yeah. Creating standards for any design so that others can use it. I mean, we hear about that all the time with, with the standards for technology yes. integration. You need to have the same way to talk to each other or even yes, exactly. going back to the old days with choosing yeah. train train track widths so that you know there was same, the, yes. the trains from different places could go over the same tracks you know things like that and allowing them to see where they are i think it's, it yeah. seems simple but it's very important so i asked them to take pictures so let's say when they were building for our theme uh, minimal pollution like we were doing tree houses we're doing very everyone was doing a different project but in their little groups they have access to just what that person is doing and they put pictures up as they go along the process, but different persons working on different elements of the project and then bringing it together and they enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, so in terms of um, how they go through the process, how they organize themselves, how you communicate with them, as I said, videos, it seemed like a simple thing, but they loved it when they come back. They were like, Miss, your videos have a lot because I'm speaking about the specific task they can watch it at home. You know, the parents have different things to manage at the same time. They can watch it at their pace and then do the activity and you give them feedback on it. So give them feedback of what they've done. And when you come together, um, how do you approach this task? How are you approaching the design challenge? Let them give feedback on what works, what didn't work. And then they go and work on it and they come back. Mm-hmm. So I think it really has to do with giving a lot of feedback individually, number one working on how they work. So if they have the video, they can watch what they're supposed to do when, come back and work on it. And, and also um, the way we organize the cycle. So you don't have to, like traditionally you go criteria A, B, C, D. You can start with D in terms of evaluation of mm-hmm. another product similar right. to what they're doing. 
Yeah. And then based on that whole trial analysis, they can come back to A, inquiry and research, and then B and C. Mm-hmm. So implementing that and the idea of models, what exists before, how you go through it. Well, that's my answer to the question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and of course, what you're, what you're saying is that uh, when you're doing an online environment or online teaching of something like design, yeah. it, it takes more planning. I mean, you, you, not that, not that you don't do a lot of planning anyway, but, yeah. but when you, when you need to kind of come up with new ways, like you said, videos that you've produced yourself so that the students have, mm-hmm the description of kind of how to get started or what the limits are or things like that. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you have students with special needs, because they often thrive in these areas. And a lot of our students with special needs are very isolated in this time of COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, the parents also have a lot to deal with at home. So even my special needs kids, I will do videos just for them. And you say their name, hi, and I Mm -hmm. And explain with more detail the steps and don't do it all at once. I found that worked really well. So just doing it by steps. So criteria A, this is what we're doing. And you explain what criteria is linked to. You explain the evaluation process, then B, then C, then D. And and allowing them to work in subgroups, not treating the entire class as one, Mm -hmm. but working on subgroups and giving feedback to those subgroups, letting those subgroups give feedback to each other. It works very well. Yeah. They're in remote learning, they're at home. So let them give feedback to each other as well. Yeah. So I think that's very important, especially with COVID where you have to be careful of contact. And Well, for yeah. all children, even those without special needs, um, yeah. they, they, I'm sure they appreciate the ability to just stop you <laughs> and replay you, yeah. you know? And it, so. That, and they yeah. said that, yeah, they said yeah. that too, because they could stop and see like we were doing something with Scampop which again is a design technique where you're looking yeah. at what you can substitute, what you can combine, what you can adapt. So I'd explain, for example, the design technique of Scampo mm-hmm. and then give an analogy of a real product. And then they'll go back and see, I was amazed when they came back and they showed me their Scampo. I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, we actually looked at it. Or you have a technique <laughs> called the process tree where you have a list of requirements. And I'll give simple examples and they would go back and, you know, so I really think it's important to have a kind of geared learning for your context yeah. of where you are and, you yeah. know, being able to access stuff, giving feedback, you know, being concerned with the ID profile, who they are as people as well, you know, taking care of each other, um, the mental health of being able to express where they are in terms of the mental health. Yeah. Um, statistics has shown at this time that what students are going through in this time of the pandemic in terms of the rates of suicide, the rates of depression has mm-hmm. drastically in- increased. There are profiles and templates you can use to express your mental health in terms of expression, in terms of creativity. You'll mm-hmm. be amazed what you dis- discover of your children in this time of remote learning by, by seeing how they feel, by certain little sketches of who they are as a person, their mental health, their well-being, how they're getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Well, um, once once again, Nova Dean, uh, you've uh, uh, <laughs> filled us with lots of great things and thoughts and ideas. And this time the focus has been on on uh, design. And, and maybe a good way to wrap up would be for you just to kind of summarize or make a case for, you know, to me, I give a lot of credit to IB for making design one of the integral yes. eight subjects. Um, for you, what is why is that important? Why is design such a big part of 
of especially middle school learning? Why, why do you think it's integrated into every kid's, every student's schooling? Um, I think design allows you to express who you are in a product or in a process or in a cycle. So, you know, it's important for students to have this time of expressing and creating and um, traveling and, and putting it on paper and representing who they are, representing their generation, representing today, the past and the future, representing mm-hmm. innovation. And I think design allows that. In other curriculums, you have themes. Well, you have themes in design too. But I think it just allows you to explore so many different aspects of who they are as a person, mm-hmm. um, what they're going through, what they're feeling, and being able to fit in our world of today, which requires flexibility and innovation. And as teachers, it's awesome to have to change and to um, innovate and to adapt. So for me to have a theme such as morning rituals and to build a cat house is, is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and it's just, you know, yeah. That's beautiful. And, and I know it's, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. We're in an international context with people from all over the world. And it allows to show that it allows to capture that tapestry of the yeah. international tapestry and melting pot of where we are. And I find that amazing. Yeah. And there are kids who they may not be um, in a sense, so-called academic writing. I think it's important to validate these areas of the persons and the curriculum because, hey, guess what? I was watching the news the other day and creating a logo is 10,000 euros. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's part of our society. I think we need to validate these elements as well. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, it, it you think about um, the way in which IB is pedagogically age appropriate. That it you know the, we kind of yeah. narrow. It takes until they're really in high school before they really yeah. narrow in on the on the subjects and go real deep into a particular yeah. subject. Uh, up until then, and MYP is the kind of the transition where yeah. they continue through, even though they themselves are changing a lot physically, they're also um, understanding how they can affect change in, in other things. And design is a perfect vehicle, as you said. Definitely. Well, good. Yes. Well, so, thanks again, Nordine. It's just great to talk to you. I just, it was I, awesome. I, you can probably see. Well, you can't see my face very well behind my microphone, but um, okay. you know, I'm smiling a lot, just like you are while oh, you're speaking, awesome. and, and I'm enjoying the conversation. So, uh, thank, thanks again so much for for being with us today and and helping us better yes. understand how design works in in the IB. Definitely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you. You can learn much more about MYP design and other aspects of MYP using links in our podcast notes, as well as on the IB website at ibo.org. Now that we have over 70 IB Matters episodes covering a range of subjects, you can use our podcast webpage, which is organized by program and by topic. The link to the website is also in our podcast notes. We would want to call your attention to our most popular page on the MNIB website, Go to www.mnibschools.org and follow the page link to Introduction to the IB Programs. On this page, you'll be guided on a self-paced tour of the IB teaching philosophy and then to individual tours of the four IB programs. There is a reflection document to journal your thoughts and questions and links to where you can learn more. It's perfect for teachers new to teaching IB and for others wanting to get an idea of what IB is all about. Please find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. 
Join our over 2,500 followers on Twitter at MattersIB. Also help us spread the word about IB by liking, sharing, and reviewing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In just two years, we've been heard in over 150 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB. 